Um, yeah, so this isn't really a funny... Usually we try to start with a funny bit. This isn't really a funny bit. This is just a thing that I think about a lot that I meant to read um, back a couple episodes ago when I was talking about bad movie opinions because it kind of ties in. It, it's, um, it, it's a part of a book. Um, it's, uh, let's see, book, Brandon Sanderson, book one of the Stormlight Archive, uh, The Way of Kings. It has this character named Wit, who is a character who, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned before, he's like a multiversal traveler guy. He pops up in, like, every book, and he usually has, like, interesting things to say. Um, especially at the end of every Stormlight book, he has some, like, philosophical thing he goes off on. Um, and this one from the end of this book is really struck me and kind of just been floating around my brain, especially when I think about, like, media criticism and art criticism in general. Um, so I'm just gonna read it. Um, it is Brandon Sanderson, so it's a three-page passage, which is, I guess, short for... Yeah, I don't know. He, he has a thing of... He writes really, really fucking long books. But, you know, sometimes has interesting things to say. Um, yeah. Okay. Did I talk yet? Because uh, I'm here oh, also. Oh, so people know that you're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that you're here. And we'll be forced to listen to me read three pages of um, this uh, book. That Well, it's three digital pages. Because I, I was too lazy to dig out my physical copy. And I found it online and just copied it all into a text document. Um, anyway, okay. Um, Wit began playing the Enthyr. Let us have a conversation to pass the time. Tell me, what is it that men value in others? The music played towards an audience of silent buildings, alleys, and worn cobblestones. The guards didn't respond to him. They didn't seem to know what to make of a black-clad, light-eyed man who entered the city just before evening fell and sat on boxes beside the gates, playing music. Well? Wit asked, pausing the music. What do you think? If a man or woman were to have a talent, which would be the most revered, best regarded, considered of the most worth? Uh, music? One of the men finally said. Yes, a common answer, Wit said, plucking a few low notes. I once asked this question of some very wise scholars. What do men consider the most valuable of talents? One mentioned artistic ability, as you so keenly guessed. Another chose great intellect. The final chose the talent to invent, the ability to design and create great devices. He didn't play a specific tune on the Anthere, just plucks here and there, and an occasional scale or fifth, like chit-chat in string form. Aesthetic genius, Wit said. Invention, acumen, creativity, noble ideals indeed. Most men would pick one of these, if given the choice, and name them the greatest of talents. What beautiful liars we are. The guards glanced at each other, the torches burning in brackets on the walls painted with the orange light. You think I'm a cynic, Wit said. You think I'm going to tell you men claim to value these ideals, but secretly prefer base talents, the ability to gather coin or to charm women. Well, I am a cynic, but in this case I actually think those scholars were honest. Their answers speak for the souls of men. In our hearts we want to believe, and would choose, great accomplishment and virtue. That's why our lies, particularly to ourselves, are so beautiful. He began to play a real song, a simple melody at first, soft, subdued. A song for a silent night when the entire world changed. One of the soldiers cleared his throat. So, what is the most valuable talent a man can have? He sounded genuinely curious. 
I haven't the faintest idea, Wit said. Fortunately, that wasn't the question. I didn't ask what was most valuable, I asked what men value most. The difference between those questions is both tiny and as vast as the world itself all at once. He kept plucking his song. One did not strum an Enthir, it just wasn't done, at least not by people with any sense of propriety. In this, Wit said, as in all things, our actions give us away. If an artist creates a work of powerful beauty, using new and innovative techniques, she will be lauded as a master, and will launch a new movement in, in, in aesthetics. Yet, what if another, working independently with the exact same level of skill, were to make the same accomplishments the very next month? Would she find similar acclaim? No, she'd be called derivative. Intellect. If a great thinker develops a new theory of mathematics, science, or philosophy, we will name him wise, we will sit at his feet and learn, and will record his name in history for thousands upon thousands to revere. But what if another man determines the same theory on his own, then delays in publishing his results by a mere week? Will he be remembered for his greatness? No, he will be forgotten. Invention. A woman builds a new design of great worth, some fabriol or feat of engineering. She will be known as an innovator. But what if someone with the same talent creates the same design a year later, not realizing it has already been crafted? Will she be rewarded for her creativity? No, she'll be called a copier and a forger. He plucked at his strings, letting the melody continue, twisting, haunting, yet with a faint edge of mockery. And so, he said, in the end, what must we determine? Is it the intellect of a genius that we revere? Is it, um, if it were their artistry, the beauty of their mind, would we not laud it regardless of whether we'd seen their product before? But we don't. Given two works of artistic majesty, otherwise weighted equally, we will give greater acclaim to the one who did it first. It doesn't matter what you create, it matters what you create before anyone else. So it's not the beauty itself we admire, it's not the force of intellect, it's not invention, aesthetics, or capacity itself. The greatest talent that we think a man can have? Seems to me it must be nothing more than novelty. So... Yeah, so that's the thing I think about a lot when it comes to, like, talking about media. Because it feels like so many times people say, like, a thing is really good because it's different and it's new. And, like, that's the thing that people value, is that you do... That, that you're original, you know? And, and that's not exactly, you know, the point of the passage. The point is... You know, if you do the same great thing someone else has already done, it sucks for you, nobody cares anymore, because it's already been done. Um, but I think it's it's a whole... It's just a thing that kind of floats around my brain, the, the idea of uh, how much does it really matter whether something is new and original or not. Did you fall asleep while I was reading that? No, uh, I was just thinking, and I kind of oh. lost track. <laughs> Of uh, everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I said, not really funny, just a thing that floats around my brain and honestly may prove me a hypocrite when we get into talking about Speed Racer uh, and why everyone loves it and why I didn't. But Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think everyone loves it because if it did, it wouldn't have bombed when it came out. Well, yeah, it's complicated because... Okay, so middle of this week I watched Speed Racer. You watched it this morning. 
I just yeah. heard about this before we started the call. Um, but okay, so Speed Racer is a 2008 movie based on uh, like 1960s manga and anime. Um, yeah. It um, when it initially came out, it bombed. It, w- it was the multiple Razzie Award winner of 2008. Um, in the years since, it's gotten a cult following to the point that uh, at least two podcasts I listen to, both one from Brandon Sanderson uh, is um, intentionally blank. Um, him and the guys on um, uh, what's it, Story Break, I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, both of them have you know spoken very highly of the Speed Racer movie, said like it, it's fun, it's earnest. Um, and, you know, just, like, high praise. So, I went in to the movie expecting, oh, this is gonna be really good. And, um, I guess, okay. So, like, the story and the characters, I thought, were pretty good. But visually, it looks like barf. Um, like, it, it looks like every one of, you know, like, I don't know, I was watching it and it just felt like, oh, this is like Spy Kids 3D, it's like 2005's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's like, um, Cat in the Hat, it's just that weird, like, surreal compositing of human faces onto bad green screen, turned up to 11 because they just go really hard on these, like, garish colors, uh, in Speed Racer, in particular, um, which, I don't know, just every time I looked at it, I was, like, my eyes are in pain looking at this thing. Um, aside from, you know, like, like when, when it does, like, sequences that are just all CG, because um, there are no sequences that are no CG. Even, like, the kid sitting in a classroom is still done on a green screen for some reason. You know, yeah. like, they're at home, and it's all still on a green screen, and it looks so flat and so fake. Um... They just, I don't know, just, I couldn't get over the visuals. Um, like, the story's fine, the characters are fine. Um, like, yeah, it's all silly and cheesy and earnest, and that's, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get over the visuals, so I feel like I'm missing something that a lot of people whose opinions I like, um, I say is, like, you know, a secret gem of a movie. Yeah, I, I, I think what you might be missing at at least, uh, it, it's, I mean, not not really missing. Like it's just not what you're into. Mm. It's like the yeah. the the artifice of it is kind of the point. Um, mm. like it, it's supposed to look fake. Uh, like mm. it's not meant to look realistic at all. Um. And I think that's the difference between, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which, hmm. uh, like, yeah, nobody is expecting you to, to believe that all these Oompa Loompas are really there, but they're supposed to look like they are, um, whereas with Speed Racer, it's like, the, defying the laws of physics is a uh, part of the, the world, right? Like... Mm. At, at at some point, he's in a car driving up like an eighty degree cliff. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like, and I just, I kind of wish they had done 
the entire, you know, they did so much of it in CGI, just do the people in CGI. Like, make it all a 3D animated movie and it would be great. Uh, but, I don't know, the, the surrealness of, you know, the human faces on green screen, I, I just couldn't get into that. Yeah, but then you can't have John Goodman in it and he's great. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and also it didn't help that like while I was watching it and being utterly confused by why they would make these visual choices, I then went and read the Wikipedia, and the Wachowskis' explanation for it is so pretentious. Um, I, I'll go look that up now, so I can read yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia Speed Racer. Uh, it's so uh, weird that they one. made... Speed Racer film. It's so weird that they made the Matrix and then they made this. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Which section was it? Nope, that's, that's the plot. Uh, production? Nope. Pre-production. Um, okay. Yep, so quote from Lana Wachowski um, on uh, Speed Racer. The whole impetus... Well, let's see. Okay, there's an earlier quote where they say, okay, we are going to assault every single modern aesthetic with this film. Um, as far as, you know, the visuals. Uh, the further quote, the whole emphasis for Speed Racer came out of the fact that we are visually thinking people. We go to art galleries and art museums all the time. We go to the Art Institute of Chicago, and every room there, there are paintings that look completely and utterly different from the other rooms. But in cinema, everything looks the same. And it's really a... Uh, it's a really aggressive straitjacket, aesthetically. We started talking about cubism, for instance, and we started talking about, could you make a cubist film? And we realized that if you try to make a cubist film for adults, you will end up, like Picasso, running from the angry mob when he first showed Guernica. They wanted to kill him, literally. It's because adults, they reject change, and an aesthetic change is too aggressive a death for them. Every generation experiences aesthetic death, and when you really assault an aesthetic, people freak out. But we said that kids are okay with aesthetic change. And this is about a movie that looks like every other kid's movie from that era. But no, it's it's an aesthetic change and adults can't accept that. But it looks better than every, every other kid's movie from that era. I, I, I mean, I it, guess I'd have to watch them again because I can't tell the difference. Aside from like, like, yeah, this one has sometimes a person's face will pan across the screen as like a slide wipe, which... You know, is like a like making it look like an anime, but with real people's faces. But you're still copying that style of transition that looks better in animation because that's what it was made for. I, I, I guess my feeling on it is that like if you if you watch Spy Kids 3D mm. and then you watch Speed Racer, it's let's see how do I put this. Um, it, it's it's like watching like the all the like the fake He-Man anime from like the early two thousands mm. that wasn't, uh, and then like watching Avatar the the Last Airbender. Um, I mean, yeah, it is. It, like it's like the highest quality of that level. That kind of weird, surreal mid two thousands kids movie green screen. Yeah. You know, like, the like, best version of that, which, I guess for me, no version of that can look good. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's fair. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like, there doesn't have to be a, a you know, I'm not going to put you on trial about it. Just mm. uh, want to get my point across. That's like, yeah, like, yeah, it's it looks like the same techniques. It's just like there doesn't seem to be a, a vision behind, um, you know, the cat in the hat other than make it weird. Whereas, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is more intentionality to the, the bizarre choices they made with yeah. why to color things in this palette. Yeah. Also, it's be- It's just better <laughs> in every other way than those other things. Um, and, like at least Spy Kids had the the conceit like oh it's a video game it doesn't have to look good because it's 2008 or whatever whenever that mm. came out and i guess and Elijah Boy and Lava Girl it. had the excuse that it was written by the director's kid <laughs> it all takes place in a dream it doesn't have to look good <laughs> we have the guy from twilight except he's a kid so you can't be horny over him yet <laughs> mm. or if you uh, are you just don't tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> we, we okay. I I I take responsibility. I shouldn't have gone there, mm. <laughs> but also, um, I'm hitting the eject button. Um, yeah. Uh, Speed Racer kicks ass. Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> mm. No. Yeah. No. no I, I, I mean, I I really did want to like it. I just the visuals. Yeah. Just didn't do it for me. Like I just, that, I wish they had just animated all the faces while they were at it. That's right. Like there's a there's a lot of really good things that I just don't like for reasons that I can't I can't properly explain. Mm. Um, I feel like this is the opposite of the Blade Runner thing, where it's like everybody, you know, everybody, including you. Uh, thinks it's a, a an amazing classic, and I, I was just like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you, you don't need to feel bad about it, and like if somebody grills you over it, just tell them to fuck off, or it, mm. I don't know, just send them to me, and I'll tell them to fuck off. Yeah, I mean it is kind of fun because earlier today the new Spew Punk, which is the uh, bonus patreon thing that you know dice funk is doing now where austin and quinn just you know talk about media and shit like we do um the new episode i guess it must have come out yesterday or something i listened to it steal our format that we stole from (laughs) yeah yeah they're i mean yeah they stole their own format again um but yeah the, the the new episode of that they talk about the new flash movie and uh, and also Joa is on for this episode, at least for that part of the discussion. Um, and Quinn and Joa bag on The Flash so much that Austin changes his opinion from it's a fun but dumb movie to no, I agree, it's bad, it's terrible, I'm you know, changing it from four stars to two stars. Um, and unlike Austin, I mean, yes, I do have bad opinions on movies, but when people tell me my opinions are wrong, I just get you know, more entrenched in being wrong. <laughs> so when I say I didn't like Speed Racer, I will not be convinced otherwise that it that my opinion was wrong and that uh, uh, it, it's actually great because it is the children who are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I 
um, well, um, to be yeah. fair, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't... Mean, and I, you know, and, I, and I've explained. The movie is good, I just can't get over the aesthetics. That's Which fair. I guess because is because it, it, I'm too old, according to the directors. Even though, I, I mean, I guess I would have been 18 when the movie came out. But I guess they're they're like in their 40s, right, or 50s. I, I probably I don't know. They made it in 2008. However old they were then. Yeah, I mean, they made the Matrix in like 1999. Yeah. Um. They so also they haven't made least... anything especially good since the first Matrix. So. Uh, you mean except Speed Racer? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean Speed Racer. You know, I guess because I don't know what what have they you know since then like they did Jupiter Ascending, which is a wild, weird, like it feels like an adaptation of a YA novel that doesn't exist. Uh, I did very. I like Jupiter Ascending visually, but the story is so bad. Um, and then they, yeah. they did Cloud Atlas, but made some really wild choices about, uh, you know, recasting the same group of actors into different ethnicities. Um, yeah, and I don't know what else they've made aside from those. I, oh, and then they I, did Matrix I, Resurrections, which was okay. Um, it's not great, but it's maybe better than the second and third Matrix. I, th- I still haven't seen it, but I heard it's kind of just like a middle finger to the whole um, studio establishment. Yeah, they spend half the movie doing this meta thing of uh, Keanu Reeves is he's back. He's been plugged back into the Matrix and believes he is involved in the creative team of a video game studio who's been told they need to make a new Matrix video game. Um and as you know, just them discussing. Well, what are we supposed to do? We we knocked it out of the park twenty years ago, and now they want us to make another one. Oh man, that sounds like Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, yeah, it gets very meta and up its own ass, um, which works for some people and doesn't work for others. The main thing that didn't work for me is that they do so much to try to, um, you know, like do these like parallels and connections and things but then i guess they couldn't convince hugo weaving to play um smith again but they have the smith character show up played by a different actor but he's acting like he has the dramatic weight of being hugo weaving and he, <laughs> he doesn't it just it it doesn't work on that level otherwise it was fine yeah i i'm not gonna see it <laughs> yeah because I, I, I don't even particularly care for the first Matrix, let alone um, the sequels, which are bad. And so I've never really felt cause like the the first Matrix. Like it's a good movie mm. that I don't, I don't like. Mm. Um, yeah, but, I, mean, I mean the best thing about the fourth one, I guess, if you. We're unhappy that the third one ends with Neo and Trinity, Neo and Trinity dead. Um, the fourth one amends that because they're back now. They got better. Yeah. So Jesus and his wife. Yeah. They can fuck now. I guess. Why do I? 
Yeah, just... they, they are back. They're able to, you know, drop in and out of the Matrix, and they say yeah. that they want to paint the sky with rainbows. Happy Pride Month. Yeah. Um, also, I mentioned The Flash. I haven't seen it. Um, the group I usually <laughs> go to movies with hasn't said anything about wanting to see it, and it sounds bad, but maybe a fun kind of bad. I don't know. Like, it, I'll watch it, it when it gets a home release. But It sounds like the kind of bad where they just threw everything in um, mm. without questioning it, so it's it, it's probably an absolute mess, but that might be fun. Yeah. Also, I heard The Flash is barely in it, so that's, <laughs> that's a good I mean, good I heard he's sign. in it more than, you know, like, all those side characters, you know, the Michael Keaton Batman and Supergirl and stuff, that they're not really in it much, and most of it's about Flash and an alternate universe, Barry Allen, where he didn't get superpowers. It was me, Barry. I put the baby in the microwave. I mean, spoilers, if anybody gives a shit, um, apparently the villain is an evil version of Barry who's been just repeatedly going back in time trying to fix every mistake he's made, and uh, it's all just kind of a disaster for him. So the villain is just the Flash from the original story? (laughs) I guess. It, Austin Weird. compared it to the episode of What If, where Doctor Strange keeps trying to stop uh, his girlfriend from dying, and then she repeatedly gets hit by a truck. <laughs> but that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and it sounds like The Flash might be funny. <laughs> that that reminds me of um, Steins Gate, where like, the same thing happens, uh, where his... His best friend, like the the stupid comic relief girl, just dies in creative ways every every time he uh, goes back in time. Mm. Except it's played. Except it's not played for laughs because she's just very um, nice and sincere, um, and she dies horribly. <laughs> mm. Back, but. I mean, like when you, whenever you play a montage, like even if you put sad music over it, whenever you play a montage of the same person dying, um, you know, eighteen times in like two minutes, it's always gonna be funny. Yeah, well, yeah, because at that point, the dramatic, yeah, the dramatic weight is gone because it's like, well, they've died this many times; it it doesn't matter if they die again. Yeah. It stops being tragic when death isn't permanent. Yeah. And then the character's like, Oh no, I killed her 782 times. And sometimes I didn't even feel bad about it. Or what he said. Like, sometimes I did it just to see what would happen. Mm. Yeah, I become a sociopath due to time travel. Yeah. It happens. You know, it's something we can all relate to. Yeah. Yeah, time travel's rough for all of us. Yeah. God, last time I time traveled, I I I got a hemorrhoid, and it it's it just hasn't gone away. Hmm. And when I tried to go back in time to stop myself from going back in time, oh, that was just a complete mess. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you end up with just so many versions of yourself that I ended up with so it. many. I ended up with so many hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Other movies. Okay, so last time uh, we mentioned Shaolin Soccer. I yeah. got it. I watched it. It was... It, yeah, I mean, it had some funny parts. I think the pacing wasn't great, but also... Yeah, it's it's a little weird. Yeah, um, I mean, because I watched... The, the DVD came with two versions. There was the English dubbed version, which was the international cut that runs for like 86 minutes. And then there is the original cut that runs for like 120 minutes, and that one's got subs. So I figured I'll watch the longer cut because that'll have all the scenes. Um, and I don't know if maybe the international cut tightened up the pacing a little bit. Um, I mean, probably not that much because most of the movie is them, like, a, you know, a lot of setup to finding out who these characters are before they become a soccer team. And then them learning to work together as a soccer team. And then the whole, like, tournament stuff happens basically as a montage yeah. at the end. Yeah, the the only real payoff is the final match uh, yeah. against the big bad guys who I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, like where the girl comes back and she's, you know, yeah. finally embracing her potential. Yeah, I, I mean, it. Uh, Shaolin Sock, I, I think I told you something along these lines, but it's the type of thing where... With Kung Fu Hustle, they did everything in it just so much better. Mm. Um, but also, if you like Kung Fu Hustle, you should watch Shaolin Soccer because uh, um, it is still a good time. Like, yeah. And you should see the progression because they, they got so much better. Yeah. Um, and then they never made a thing <laughs> that I liked again. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, a tragedy in uh, two minutes there. Yeah, like, I don't. Re- it doesn't feel like there's really that much to say about it. It's just, no. you know, what if a kung fu movie was also about soccer? Uh, yeah. It has like some fun visual gags in the style of Kung Fu Hustle, but not as many as Kung Fu Hustle. No, there's there's like early on the the guy. I, I mean, I don't remember his name. He's got the steel leg technique, which is he's just his legs are really good at kicking, um, because of that's his martial arts skill. Um, and he like drop kicks a can, and then the guy you know who was there's like this washed up guy who used to be a soccer star. Um, he finds the can later. It's like stuck in a wall, and then he pulls it out, and the whole wall crumbles. And that that was kind of a fun visual gag. Yeah, like they they save most of the best uh, visual gags for the actual matches where they throw all the money and effects in. Yeah. If I remember, like I haven't seen this in years because if I want to see that movie, I would just watch Kung Fu Hustle again. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, but yeah. So I saw that one, and I also I don't remember. I, I, I must have seen it first, because I wrote it down first on my list. It was probably, like, the day after we recorded the last one. I watched Avatar 2, The Way of Wetness. Um, Why? Because it was free on Disney+. Plus. Good enough. Yeah. And I figured I'll see what the $2 billion fuss is about. Um, and it, it's fine. It's probably about as good as the first one. Um, it has no reason to be three hours long. They really could have trimmed it down, but I guess they just couldn't 
cut any of this expensive footage they made. So, uh, yeah, so it's three hours long. Yeah, I mean, I... You know, this is an entirely original opinion, but I, I think people only like Avatar movies for the novelty. <laughs> I get, I, yeah, I still don't understand how they are as successful as they are. Big color look pretty. Yeah, I mean, like as as an action movie, it it's fine. Um, the worst thing about it is there's some unnecessary narration, kind of like the first one did. Where it's just Jake Sully waxing poetic over scenes that you'd probably understand what was going on if he didn't have to just do an exposition dump over it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, otherwise, it, it's, uh, let's see, the broad stroke summary of it. Not that there's all that much depth to dig into. Um, some time has passed since Avatar 1. Jake and Neytiri now have three kids, plus a fourth kid they've adopted who is, I guess, the reincarnation of Sigourney Weaver. That, like, she, her av like, I don't know, like, her mind got transferred into her Avatar body, and then her Avatar body gave birth to a child that is also played by her, and that body died. But now this child is, like, her, and there's this whole mystery virgin birth thing you know if you know like she was like created by the world spirit gaia or something i don't know. What? fucking know it, what? it's a it's a thing that they intentionally don't explain because they want to have mystery for the other three movies that are coming um but yeah and then there is another child who they've adopted who is a human uh whose name's spider and he is this. He was the infant son of the evil general from the first movie, who had to be left behind when all the other humans left, aside from the good guy ones. Uh, all, all the other humans left Pandora, uh, but they couldn't take babies along. So this kid just got stuck behind. It became like the feral kid from uh, Mad Max, except he can yeah. talk. Yeah. Um, and, and he's just yeah he's just been tagging along and he's like they're adopted like they describe him as like a lost dog that they're just all attached to now um but anyway so mm. the movie starts off and human you know a, a whole fleet of you know military and stuff come back to pandora and raise the forest and um you know they want to kill jake and they want to just, you know, keep harvesting resources, you know, like, they don't really talk about unobtainium, you find out later that the thing that is really paying the bills now is that they've got whalers who are, uh, you know, going around the oceans hunting these space whales, um, because... Are they whalers on the moon? No, well, I guess, yeah, Pandora is a moon, so yes, they'd be whalers on the moon. <laughs> Do they um, carry a harpoon? <laughs> um, on their boats, yes. Yeah, they they have harpoon <laughs> gun machine things. Um, When's the last time you've seen Futurama? <laughs> uh, it's maybe a decade. I think that's like what I think that's a joke from like the first or second episode of Futurama. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, I'm, I only remember I'm bits sorry. and pieces of Futurama, but. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm not well today. 
Well, I mean, this movie's dumb anyway. It, uh, you know, they, they're hunting these whales because um, if you, like, liquefy the whale's brain juice, you can make this, like, chemical cocktail that will give you eternal youth or something. I don't know. It's weird. Um, but, yeah, whaling is bad is the message of the movie. Um, so... Anyway, so they, yeah, they, like, start burning down the forest, and Jake is like, well, my family is putting everyone in danger, so we're going to give up our leadership of the tribe to some other guy, and we're all gonna move away and go live with the water tribes. So they go and live with the water tribes, and then there's just a bunch of stuff of, like, the kids trying to integrate into this new society that doesn't like them because they're outsiders, and, you know, the kids doing kid stuff with other kids who are kind of bratty um and and then yeah then you find out about the whales and how like the whales are more intelligent than, than everyone else but um they're all being hunted and it's terrible and um and also the evil general from the first movie um turns out before he went to pandora in the first place they collected his DNA and memories so that they could make a Pandoran clone body, like, double of him, um, as, like, an emergency backup in case something happened to him. So since he died, him and a few of his, like, top soldiers have their blue cat person versions, like, clone versions of themselves, who are being deployed with this fleet to go, um conduct special ops and stuff starting with hunting down jake sully uh to get revenge for him killing his human counterpart um so yeah so there there is a pandoran clone of general quaritch uh, it took me this long to remember his name um in this movie who is the main bad guy um, he start. he ends up, like, pretty early on kidnapping Spider, and since that is his human counterpart's son, it's kind of like it's his son, but he doesn't have all those memories. Um, not that there were a lot of memories, because he was an infant when Quaritch died. Um, so there's, like, some father-son bonding there between the bad guy and this wayward kid. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. The movie was fine, but it was way too fucking long. Every time I hear the name Jake Sully, I'm like, is is this a Mark Wahlberg character from like 2005? Um, it's... God, what, what is that guy? I want to say his name is Mark something. The <laughs> uh, Jake Sully actor. <laughs> Of course it would be. No, Sam Worthington. Okay. Yeah. He, he no, he sounds like a nineteenth century English noble. Mm. Yeah. Let's see, he is best known for playing Marcus Wright in Terminator Salvation and Perseus in Clash of the Titans. All movies from the late two thousands when the first Avatar came out. And he was maybe a rising star or something before uh, just not really doing anything after that. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, okay, Wikipedia. Yeah. Perseus and Clash of the Titans. 
He's taken other dramatic roles, including The Debt, 2010, Everest, 2015, Hacksaw Ridge, 2016, The Shack, 2017, Manhunt Unabomber, 2017, and Fractured, 2019. So I guess he just huh. started doing, like, you know, mid-budget action movies for the last decade. Weird. I've I've definitely heard of him, but I don't know anything about him. Mm. Except that he played Jack Sullivan on um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah, I think I, I was starting to get him mixed up with Sam Witwer, who is the guy who was like the voice and body model for Starkiller and Force Unleashed, and yeah. also voiced Darth Maul. Darth and, Maul, yeah. And I think he might have done Palpatine in the cartoons, too. Didn't he also do the the dark side voice guy on the the force planet with the force brothers and sister and dad um i mean i know mark hamill played the darth bane ghost in uh oh wait yeah yeah he did he did the sun yeah um, yeah from uh mortis yeah i i don't i don't remember any names yeah Star mortis Wars the names bizarre are... double pyramid in space that yeah does not make sense it never happened. It was a dream. Yep. Um, well, Avatar except sucks. I think Obi Wan and Ahsoka still remember that, because uh, their memories weren't <laughs> no. wiped. It's just Anakin's memory who was wiped. <laughs> That's dumb as shit. Because he saw Why? too much. Yeah. Because they had to show, they had to tease that Episode Three is coming. You know, like five years ago when the episode <laughs> yeah. aired. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Episode three is coming. Yeah. Five years ago. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Anakin's gonna become Darth Vader. Uh, that's gonna happen someday. Um. They haven't been building that up for three seasons at that point, or whenever it comes in. Yeah, I think that's all I've got for new movies. Um. I've Wait, also can I tell you something. Can I tell you something I've watched that will make you laugh? Okay. I watched... I watched... It's also something we've talked about pretty recently. Okay. Uh, I'll give you one guess. The Mario movie? No. Uh, I watched the Nostalgia Critic Review of the Wall. Oh, like the entire thing? Because, yeah, we talked about that after the episode last time. I don't yeah. remember how we got on that topic, but uh, because I, I I said I got a I got a channel awesome uh, YouTube recommendation for the first time in like eight years. Okay. Uh. Yeah, because the last because I, after I dropped off watching Nostalgia Critic at some point that the Wall review became so controversial um, that I saw things talking about it and I don't remember if i watched it or if i just watched reviews and that's how i became aware of the insane ending to that video where he brings in a like furry animator who does very high quality yet freaky looking uh animations they do very high quality um almost furry porn yeah uh, <laughs> uh, they have the they have the big titty um dead fox thing um mm. and like a a weird dragon 
whose face is just uncomfortably over animated mm. uh, and like a, a weird um curvy demon thing and like lingerie it, it's it's real dumb <laughs> yeah. so what did you think of the review overall it is one of the worst youtube videos i've ever seen Mm. Uh, like it, it's it's amazing to me how someone could put so much work into something and mm. fail so horribly. Mm. Uh, like I, it, like the the nostalgia critic character made sense when they were making fun of like weird kids movies from the 80s that nobody remembers right mm. um but like when you when you talk about like actual art that somebody put feeling into it is not it doesn't work <laughs> yeah oh yeah he, he does he, he doesn't actually engage with it at all it, it's it's just hey look at this thing that's dumb and funny right yeah, it's just like really like petty and reductive takes on yeah. things. I, and it like clashes with, I don't know if it was in that review or if it's like outside of the review that like Doug has talked about how much he loves the album, but then the kinds of yeah. jokes he's making about it just seem like someone who doesn't understand any of it. No. No, look the the motherfucker like in the middle um he 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 put a plug in for the album they made for this review. Oh yeah, which they is did a, yeah, just, a full parody album of it. it. It's it's all just terrible remakes of the songs, making fun of the movie. Yeah, and he calls it a love letter to the album. It was like, dude, just fuck right off. Like yeah. he, he's it's like okay. Remember when we were talking last time, and I I said I was uncomfortable with piling on, of yeah. like. Because he's had so many, like I, I retract everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck the dude up. Like he deserves it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's too bad he's fallen off a cliff because he was funny, you know, back in the day. But yeah, and like if I went and watched an old review now, I probably wouldn't think it was funny. But at the yeah. time, it certainly was because nobody was taking videos on the internet seriously at the time. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 like he hasn't gotten better at all mm. <laughs> in like the fifteen years since he started. Yeah, no, he's uh, increased the production value of his stupid shit. Yeah, but. yeah. It... yeah, and he got the guy from Slipknot mm. <laughs> somehow. And he doesn't do it, and he doesn't do anything. And they make a joke about how he doesn't do anything, and then he sings a SpongeBob uh, song. It's like there's there's no joke there. Mm. It, it's it's just he was probably he probably just didn't want to pay him to actually sing a song. Um, 
Mm. Which which would have been very nice because listening to Doug Walker sing is um, about as terrible as watching one of his reviews. Mm. <laughs> which is, but yeah, like, like I, remember when he used to do big musical crossovers and had friends who he could yeah. do it with? Remember when he got Brental Floss um, to to do the what was it Moulin Rouge? I think yeah 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 um, like that and Lindsay Ellis was there and yeah. So he got a guy who can actually sing yeah. to um, sing in his v- musical review video, yeah. which makes sense. Uh, and this time he got a guy who can sing, like, you know, granted, he, he sings, like, very screamy metal, yeah, um, which might not jive with Pink Floyd, but... Yeah. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's just honestly really sad to me how he... He either doesn't understand the art of of the movie he's watching, or he just thinks that he can't. He has to pretend not to understand it for his audience. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure which is sadder. Yeah, like I think the the I because I don't remember if I saw the actual original review, but Dan Olson from Folding Ideas did a whole breakdown on it, and that's I think the video I saw that reminded me Doug was still doing stuff. And that, like that, you know, and it, the Dan Olson one was pretty interesting because he actually like gets into what the wall, the movie, and the album are about, uh, and why Doug's jokes on it just seem like he hates it in a way that contradicts him saying, "No, well, this is this is a love letter to this great thing that I love." Yeah, like. Like at, at, I I'm familiar with the wall, um, but I haven't like I'm familiar with the album, but I haven't actually seen the movie. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, since this was a few years ago, I don't remember everything clearly, but I want to say it was like has something to do with like Thatcherism in you know that that era of British history. Um, yeah, and then um, with the post- Doug review, he just is like, "Oh, they, they just hate this person because it's a person they hate," and didn't really understand the history of it. Yeah, yeah, and and like he, it, it's it's not just that he doesn't get it, but he doesn't get it so hard that he relates it to people who hate him on like Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like you. You're putting yourself, like, you know, relative yeah. to the, the movie you're reviewing, you're putting yourself in the shoes of, like, literal fascists. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are you even thinking? I, uh, it, it's, it's just completely a, a fucking train wreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I didn't watch it, but I did, because I was morbidly curious. Mm-hmm. Um, had to know where those furries from that whatever satellite show came in. That was actually a breath of fresh air because at least it was interesting. Mm. Um, even if I couldn't understand a goddamn thing they were saying. Mm. Um, but And the animation on them is interesting, but I don't know if I could call it good. Um like the the faces are so over animated. It's just it like it it's very uncanny valley. Mm. Um, and maybe that's the point. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I don't really know anything about the original, you know, where, where the animations came from or um, what drew Doug to want to include them in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the point was like, oh, look at all these weird animations that don't mean anything. Mm. Um, like, uh, yeah, because he doesn't like understand. In the movie. Yeah. The, yeah. Anything in the movie could mean anything. Yeah. And like he, he like he makes fun of like like he's parroting songs about like and here's how the government took my daddy away from me. Mm. Like because he his his dad died in World War 2. Yeah. Um and, and it's like he's making fun of of that for being whiny. Yeah, like, the, he he's become the bully he uh, set out to you know be kind of a parody of. Yeah, he, he's his head is so far up his ass that it's out of, his it's out his throat again. And, yeah, uh, like I remember back in the day him talking about like the inspiration for Nostalgia Critic, and he compared it to like Eric Cartman from South Park, of being just oh a jerk God. for the sake of being a jerk, and that it's. You know, funny to see a person being a jerk, but yeah, he may have. Uh, if he wasn't already secretly that person, you know, at heart, he may have uh, slowly morphed into the that character. That makes. I mean, it's also the guy who said that all comedy comes from pain. Mm. And in which case, that was the funniest review I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if he modeled it after Eric Cartman, then that makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah, uh, like it, it's it's legitimately like it's not even funny, terrible, um, in any kind of like it's mostly just sad. Like like I said, like because I don't I don't know if he truly just does not understand like films as art, mm. or if he just. Or if he just has to pretend not to, mm. because he thinks his audience is a bunch of idiots. Yeah. And they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, anybody who's stuck around this that. long, yeah. Like, if, if if you're watching The Nostalgia Critic in the 2020s, like, you're either, you're either hate watching it like I did, or, like, you're, you're a kid who doesn't know any better. Mm. <laughs> like it, or it you're has firmly to be. part of Doug's cult. Of personality. Yeah. Yeah, or like you watched him in like 2010 and uh, you graduated high school in 2011 and you just can't grow up yeah. because you hate your life. Uh, which, you know, same, but like I at least watch, <laughs> I at least watch good stuff sometimes. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, well, and you know, like not all personalities who you know like like game drums not all the personalities who maybe said some shitty things back then have been stuck in that you know yeah they, they some have you know managed to like see thing how things might have been uh problematic uh and just you know adjusted yeah some people get better and some people just never change after 15 years. Yeah. Um, 
and it's easy to tell who is who at mm. this point. Mm, yeah. Because, um, like, I mean, I haven't watched Angry Video Game Nerd video in, like, three or four years at least. Mm. Um, but at least then it seems like James Rolfe is like, I don't care anymore, but I'm going to keep doing this to get paid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard positive things about his newer stuff. I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, I mean, they might still be good. I don't know. It, it just seemed like to me, he he was like, you know, like, it's kind of obvious he didn't care, but um, he was going to keep making them um, because people will buy ads for it. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Right. Yeah, I'm gonna stop talking about a thing I haven't seen in forever. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else do I have? Um. Well, don't watch it, please. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, like the the three of you that are listening, <laughs> do not. Mm, yeah. Do not watch you, any any yeah, nostalgia. Life update. Nostalgia critic hasn't gotten any better since the collapse of Channel Awesome. So. uh yeah. You're good to just keep not watching that. Uh, remember Demario? <laughs> uh, remember what? Remember Demario? And... Oh, yep. Well, yeah, Demario I... is the point, like the tipping point. You know, if yeah, historians I... want to go back and figure out like where nostalgia could have <laughs> went wrong, it was Demario was the point where it became clear that. Doug, he was a bad artist. Well, yeah, the, he <laughs> thought that you know he could actually have like decent production values on these shitty reviews and like try to tell like a compelling character-driven story, um, and it just didn't work. And then he had to pivot back into nostalgia critic. But post-demo real nostalgia critic has had you know elements of demo real in it. Um, that I guess it only worked in the pre-demo reel days because it was so low budget that it, you know, it didn't show. It's that it wasn't the point. That it's just a guy sitting in front of a white wall making yeah. dumb jokes about dumb movies. Um, yeah, be because when. When it's somebody just sitting in front of a desk, in front of a camera, with a, a blank backdrop, it's like, who's who's going to criticize that for not being good enough? Um, yeah. But, like, when they, it's like somebody put so much work <laughs> into this piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm done. I, I'm... Yeah, I'm. It, it's it's over with. Okay, well, because my see, life, my I'm getting on with my life. <laughs> yeah. So the other big topic I had written down was uh, Nintendo did a direct, which I guess would be the yeah. E3 presentation, considering Ooh. it's in June, and you know, I, I I didn't think they were actually going to have one in June. It seemed like uh, they were waiting until either I'd heard either July or September for a presentation. Um, but nope, like usual, they announced with one day's notice, hey guys, tune in tomorrow for our Nintendo Direct, giving nobody any time to get excited about it. Um, and that said, it, it, 
I mean, like, the jokes and acting were terrible, but um, the game announcements weren't bad. I like Super Mario RPG. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, like, I'd read a bunch of rumors going into it, and some of them panned out and some of them didn't. But that was one of the ones that did, and it, yeah, it looks pretty cool. It it looks like it is just original Mario RPG down to, like, all the actions and camera angles and everything, and they just, you know, up or remade all the, the worlds and the sprites and stuff. Yeah, even, the, like, the proportions are really weird, but... Yeah, like, um, Mario doesn't have a neck. He's just kind of a stocky <laughs> little guy. Yeah, um, even, like, even Princess Peach, um, yeah. or Princess Toadstool, if they decide not to rename her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they all kind of uh, look like look toys weird. waddling around. So yeah. they just got those, like, blocky doll proportions. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yeah. Where it's like, for some reason, um, they want to keep this 20-year-old or in this case, thirty-year-old uh, um, proportions. When like it worked for the graphics at the time, but it, it looks weird when they're just there in like beautiful three D. Yeah, and I think the music did a lot of work carrying that trailer. Yeah, because the music is just so classic. Yeah, it, it's it's iconic even for a game that nobody has been legally able to play for fifteen years. Well, I mean, it was on... It was, it was either, on Wii. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Wii or Wii U, because I definitely played through it on a virtual console. And I think it might have been on the SNES Mini. But it, it's okay, not Okay, if it on, was on that. Yeah, I think it was, but it, it's not on the Switch's uh, library. Yeah. Like, it... I don't, I don't know why they don't, just don't make, like, all the classic 2d mario games instantly available on every console that they make mm. uh, including well, they have up to drip to... feed them to you nintendo's fucking weird and dumb sometimes yeah now they are you know they they're very focused on shutting down any illegal ways of getting their games but not in creating legal ways to get their games and they right. shut those down sometimes too, like when they closed the eShop for 3DS and Wii and Wii U, and now anything that was only available on there is not available at all. Yep. So fuck you, every download-only title made between, um, what, 2006 and 2013 or something. Yeah, so far. I mean... Once Switch gets a replacement, Switch's eShop will go down and everything on there will be gone forever. Yep. That's why you should always buy physical, if you can. That's why you should just not buy video games. Mm. Just don't don't do it. Yep. They're dumb. Nope. They're for babies. Yep. Video, video games are bad. Um, the developers crunch all of the employees... And the only ethical solution is not to buy any video games or watch any movies. You, you know what I think could save the gaming in- industry? Mm. If you could play as an elephant man, but I don't think that's uh, going to happen anytime soon. No, definitely not in the new Mario game. Yeah. 
where Mario can also stretch into a like giant mushroom or something. It's only shown in silhouette, but he stretches very tall. Yeah, like, like I, a wiggler. Yeah, I, I assume with Mario Wonder that the premise is going to be that this is a dream, that it's like Mario is like running through a dream world. And that's why, you know, all these, like, weird physics thing. Well, not really physics, but, like, just surreal imagery. And why all that's happening is that this is all a dream world. It's a direct sequel to Super Mario Bros. 2 International. Yeah. Yeah, except without the, like, vegetables or the shy guys or... I guess or the Wart could be in Evil it. Frog guy. I don't remember if they confirmed Bowser for that one or... Not. Yeah, I don't know. They did. Con- I mean, because it looks it gameplay wise seems like it'll probably play a lot like the new Super Mario's and you know just that regular two D style. Although with you know like the new Super Mario games that have um, you know four player co op all on the same screen, um, now featuring two girl characters because we've got Peach and Daisy. <laughs> So you don't have to fight over the only girl character. Uh, but how will we be able to tell which one is Daisy? <laughs> well, she's in will the Will she yellow tell dress. us? Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we have two Toad characters again that look exactly the same except for different colored spots on their head? I mean, there might be. They, they might still have uh, two color options for Toad. What if there's four? What if you could play as a full Toad squad? Yeah, I mean, that would be good. Just let everyone be Toad. Yeah. yeah. They they should have a they should have a option to play. Everybody plays as the same color Toad mm. and just have it be complete chaos. Yeah. That would be fun. But that's not an idea that Nintendo would ever actually do. Mm. <laughs> but it's one that they should do. Yeah, I mean, the main thing I like about Super Mario Wonder is that the graphics look distinctly different from other Mario games, which is the biggest problem with, like, the new Super Mario games feel like they're just so by the numbers, like, like they just ripped all these models out of Mario Party, and they're gonna make the most Mario-looking Mario game that... And they barely even add anything... Um, for every new game. Yeah, like, those and, like, the Mario 3D Land and 3D World games look so generic to Mario that, it, you know, aside from the graphics and, you know, like, a couple costumes, they're pretty much just the same. Yeah. You know, like I can look at, like, an NES or Super NES era Mario game and know what it is from looking at a screenshot, but any of like the new super mario games i would have to go off of like well okay so those graphics look a little pixely so maybe that's one of the ds ones instead of the the one on wii or the one on wii u or the one on switch that is the exact same one on wii u that they've been selling for the last 10 years for full price man remember the wii u yeah I remember the Wii U, and I remember when it was around, and everybody telling me, no, this system is great, and people just don't understand it. And, <laughs> and then it died. Yeah. And there's a million retrospectives about how shit it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, but at the time, I mean, I, I swear, I could probably dig up an old, like, um, Game Crunk or uh, Word Funk or whatever of Austin talking about how great the Wii U is and people not understanding it. Yeah, um, but it has the best Star Fox game, everybody's favorite. Mm, yeah, the one that you have to play on two separate screens, and you have to, like, wave your controller around to be able to aim yeah. while you're also supposed yeah. to be looking up at the TV. Yeah, it had that game Zombie U that everybody mm, Yeah, the launch ignored. title Zombie U. Yeah. It had the Super Smash Brothers game that was outsold by its 3DS counterpart, even though it looked better <laughs> and had more features. I mean, it was always going to be outsold by 3DS. It had a, a massive install base. Yeah. And nobody knew what the Wii U was. Yeah. Um, it also had Nintendo Land the game that it's just like a me theme park of nintendo properties where you play you know games designed to yeah. show you why it's a good thing that you have a separate screen from your tv yep it the the most accurate thing i've heard about the wii u is that it's a it's a solution looking for a problem mm. i mean like that, the way the i actually played the wii u it it's the Switch, except you can't walk too far from your TV. Because I just shut the TV off and play on the little screen for every yeah. game. And games that don't have that as an option are ones that I don't play much at all. Like, I think I had Pikmin 3 on Wii U, and I don't think I finished it. Because you have to... It was like Splatoon, where you have to aim with your controller and look up at the TV screen. And you can't, you know just play it on the small screen. Was Splatoon 1 on Wii U? Yep. I did not even remember that. Yep. Yep, I got that one. I played a little bit, but I don't like online competitive multiplayer, so there's not a lot of offline modes to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point of Splatoon. Yeah. Yeah, so that's you know why it made sense that they made Splatoon 2 so quickly for Switch. It's a little yeah. weird. I, I don't know, because that one, you know, it's one of those games that's designed for people to just keep playing it. So it's a little weird that they made a Splatoon 3 on the same system. But I yeah. guess there was demand for it, and maybe it's got new features or something. I wonder if they're making a replacement for the Switch, because it's still seems really popular yeah well, yeah even I, though people, people are talk about it being underpowered and people are constantly talking about a successor and the way nintendo is they won't confirm that there's a successor until it's about to come out yeah until like no more than a year before it releases or maybe a year and a half at most yeah yeah, now, the last thing, and even, they never confirmed, you know, th there was talk of, like, um, a higher power version of the Switch coming out, um, and it seems like that fell victim to, uh, the chip shortage from, uh, everybody, yeah. uh, you know, Bitcoin mining and stuff, 
So that that's why the OLED switch came out, because they had all these OLED switches waiting for their high-powered chips, and they couldn't get the high-powered chips, so they just made regular switches with better screens and uh, sold those. And now there's like nine chip plants being built in Texas right now yeah. to um, make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it it's like th- this is this is a completely side ch- tangent uh, <laughs> from anything we've ever talked about. Yeah. But the 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 economics of consumer electronics is just so interesting. Um uh, I, I don't I don't want to go too deep into this, but like if the the more you dive into like consumer electronics and like big tech companies and world politics, it's like holy holy shit, this is uh <laughs> it's just basically like a, a really complex uh, like space opera mm. <laughs> um, where it's like Oh, all the all the chip factories are in Taiwan, but China is always threatening to take Taiwan. But the the U.S., which is like the biggest consumer market in the world, wants all the chips. Mm. Um, and they're also allies with Taiwan, and they don't like China. And and then mm. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, and the the PS Five, which came out of Japan, uh, is is like the bi- the biggest most important thing in the world right now. And nobody can get it because there's no chips. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I. Th- this is just me calling myself out for nerding out over like real world lore. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's just really interesting. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm never gonna bring it up again. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I just have nothing to add. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but all, all I'm saying is when the PS6 comes out, I I'm, I want one next time, mm. <laughs> and I don't want it to take three years. Mm. Yeah, hopeful. I mean, at least it does. Seem, even even despite all these you know hiccups with uh, production, uh, the PS5 is still doing better than the Xbox. I mean, Nintendo they've always just kind of been their own separate category. But yeah. it, it seems like the Xbox is almost just given up on, uh, you know, being a yeah. con. It, it's the console for if you just, eh, I don't know, there's some games on it, I guess. I'll, I guess I'll get one of those. Yeah. It's not a console that's trying to be exciting as a console anymore. Yeah. Um, all the Microsoft exclusives at this point are on PC. Like, if if you really care about Halo... Just get a get a decent PC. Like you, you might as well just yeah, build like a Xbox. One yeah, for the money you're gonna spend for a console. Yeah, it's like a budget PC that can't play as many games. Yeah, but also like a, a five hundred dollar console is worth like an eight hundred dollar PC. Mm. <laughs> uh, but all you can do on it is play games and watch Netflix. So. Yeah. Um. That's the back and forth of it. Um, yeah, uh, like in, the, in I other... think the main plus for consoles usually is that uh, you know that like it's going to be optimized for the games that are available for it. Hopefully, yeah. 
Yeah. There's no question of like, well, your graphics card isn't good enough to play this thing that came out, so... Yeah. And until they announce the pro version, and it's like, the, the first version has a lot of frame drops, mm. but not the pro version, which is a thing that happened with the PS4. Yeah, I um, mean, like, I know even, like, Xbox, you know, Xbox One and... Like, I remember on even 3DS, uh, there, there was, like, the Hyrule Warriors game got ported to 3DS, and everybody said, like, well, it plays decently on the new 3DS, but it doesn't, it, it's terrible on the regular. And I played it on the regular, and it was, yeah. it was fine. The main problem is that it couldn't load as many of the, like, character models, because it didn't have the power for it, so you'd only see a couple at yeah. a time. But the game still played fine, I thought. So, some of, like, the technology complaints are just people with very high standards for processing power and graphics. Well, it's obvious in that case that somebody actually put the work into, like, okay, we'll put less models on screen, Mm. um, and we'll keep the frame rate steady, instead of just doing a straight port and being like, Okay, this is moving at 15 frames per second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Xbox, I, I feel like mo, I don't, I can't think of any games that I bought that didn't play well unless, you know, they just didn't play well anywhere because they were bad. Um, that, yeah, I don't know. I haven't noticed any problems with anything I've tried to play on it. There's a few games on my my base PS4 that don't run great. Um, I can't I can't remember what they are. If I played them again, I would remember. But um, but the the PS4 Pro came out in like what 2018, 2017. That might have even been earlier than that. Yeah. Um, and like ever, ever since then, like all the first party games, um, it's like they run good. Like they, they're, they're not bad, but it's, they're obviously not optimized anymore. Hmm. Um, like Miles Morales, um, which is, it, it, it obviously was meant to run on at least a PS4 Pro and more likely a PS5. Mm. Um, I should play it on PS5 because I have one now. Yeah, like the last game I played on Xbox One was Halo Infinite, and that one was made when Series X was around, but it still played fine on Xbox One. I mean, I only played the campaign mode, so maybe, you know, multiplayer's a different story, but... Yeah. Um, speaking of PS5, I played a game. Mm. Um, I played Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yep the the one where there's a girl. Uh, yeah. Lombax. There, there's a girl Ratchet that everybody made porn of. Yeah. Get over it. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. They're all making porn of Elephant Mario now. God, imagine the things you could do with that trunk. Mm. That trunk, though. 
most of the i i looked it up out of curiosity and most of what i've seen is just he, he's you know buff dad bod elephant mario <laughs> why why did you do that no i mean yeah he's he's a big boy now <laughs> Everybody knows your type now. Uh, no, that's not my type. That's just the type that I saw when I looked at Elephant Mario. I know. My type, I've been, I, I feel like I've been pretty straightforward you, you, about, you know, <laughs> island girl yeah. belly dancer type uh, character. You like girl abs. Yeah. You like, you, you like girl stomachs in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just the, like, like, battle bikini, uh type uh, characters <laughs> you're, you're ready for the belly yeah um uh, okay so i played ratchet and clank rip the fart yep. uh, <laughs> which i okay so are you aware that all the ratchet and clank subtitles have um they're double entendres mm, no but i Okay, so what are the other subtitles? Um, going Commando. Okay, yeah. Um, up Your Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, size Matters. Okay, yeah. Uh, because it, there's a there's a shrink ray. Mm. Um, and also penis. Um, yeah. Secret Agent Clank, which is not... Um, it, that's just a thing in the world. Yeah, um, I mean, the, it's like Secret Agent Man was... A show or song or something, but yeah, but it's not, it's not a sex joke. Mm. So, um, tools of destruction, which uh, yeah, it, I mean it's a little it, bit of a stretch. It, it works. It, it does have tools. It, it works. In it. I mean, it's basically yeah, it it works. Um, crack in time. Okay. Um, yeah, like a which, crack. yeah, um. Quest for Booty, okay. Which, yeah, it, it's it's pirate theme. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Full frontal assault, which is just. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's all for one, which again is just kind of a. Yeah, that's a little more it's generic. Just kind of a generic title. Um, let's see. Um, okay, so there's Into the Nexus, which, if if I've done my research right, it was supposed to be Into the Nethers, mm. <laughs> which I guess was a little on the nose for Sony. Like, that one was um, too far, but Up Your Arsenal was fine. <laughs> it, no, that one's okay, because it was 2005. Mm. Okay, so it's just um, Sony has gotten, like, they're not going for the uh, edgy comedy they were yeah oh no ratchet and clank has completely lost all its edge Mm. um like it's it's just it's a kid's franchise now um and that that's my biggest issue with the game is that yeah they couldn't uh, even call it rip the rip the fart they had to call it rift apart Yeah, it's not even a dick joke, it's a fart joke. Yeah. Like that that's that's what we're working with now. Yeah. Um but yeah, like my, my biggest problem with 
the game is that all the characters talk like a TV show for toddlers. Mm. Um, like all the all the conflicts are like, oh, I'm I'm doubting myself because of reasons, and uh, then they get over it to two, two cutscenes later. Yeah. yeah. Um, Clank is like, I lost I lost my arm, and now I'm not sure that I'm whole. And then later, um, he's like, "Okay, Mister Broken Fixer Robot, I I I thought I was broken because I lost my arm, but it turns out that I'm just as good as I was before." And the the Fixer Robot is like, "You know what? You're right. I can fix things again." Mm. Um, and then they they fix the things that they need to get fixed. Yep. Um. And Rivet's whole thing is like. Oh, I don't really like robots because a uh, a warbot blew my arm off that one time. Mm. Um, but then he meets one of the good ones and realizes he was wrong. Yeah, well, it's Rivet, so mm. it's a girl. Okay, she she. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so Clank, you're one of the good ones. Therefore, not all robots yeah. are bad. I I mean, pretty much, yeah. Um, and then Ratchet, which is really weird uh, for Ratchet, because like in the in the PS2 and th- PS3 games, like he's such a confident hothead. Mm. Um, but he's like, I don't know if I'm good enough to to go into an alternate dimension and meet the Lombaxes, which is a thing that I've been trying to do since 2007. Mm. Um, and then Clank is like, Shut the fuck up, idiot! Yes, you are. Yeah. And then Ratchet's like. Like you know what I I didn't believe in myself, but you know what I could do that thing if I wanted to, and then they don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, they gotta keep um, holding that, that off for a future game. Yeah, and then Kit the the girl Clank robot. I mean, I guess neither of them. It, it's not important mm. anyway. Oh <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean everybody's gotta have a girl counterpart. Yeah. Um, she she basically hulks out and turns into a giant killer robot and oh guess what plot twist it turns out she's the one that took rivet's arm off like four years ago or whatever mm. um and then they have a confrontation about it and and rivet's like um look i can't forgive you right now but give me time and i might be able to and then kit's like no, I'm broken. Just leave me alone. Um, and then during the final boss, she comes back and she was like, "Oh yeah, I got over it. Uh, <laughs> mm. I can forgive myself now." Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's yeah. They're in the last act. You gotta wrap it up. Yeah, it, it's it's just like every every interesting conflict that they bring up gets resolved with with no real uh like. No real meaningful progression or thought behind it. Mm. You know, like it, it, it just, I'm going to bring up this character flaw and then resolve it in the next cutscene <laughs> type feeling. Mm. Um, that being said, like the actual gameplay is super fun. It, it's, it, it, it's very Ratchet and Clank. It plays like Ratchet and Clank. There's a dodge button. It feels really good. Mm. Um, so if you have a PS5, you should play it. Just don't expect any classic Ratchet and Clank charm because it's gone. 
Mm. Uh, Does anybody rip no... the fart, though? There's probably fart jokes. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think so. I don't think anybody does rip a fart. Hmm. It sounds like false no, I think about it. Yeah. If there if there was a fart to rip, um, although I guess it isn't false advertising because they didn't put fart in the title. Yeah. They just they just it. they just frame the title in such a way mm. where you could flub it and call it "Rip the Fart." Mm. Which honestly, I really like the title for that reason. Mm. <laughs> um, I. I want to see a video of some game journalist say Ratchet and Clank ripped the fart. Mm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the game's really good. It looks great. Um, The the level design is good. All that stuff. It's fun to play. It's just I don't give a shit about anything going on with the characters. Um... Also, they changed the voice actor for Captain Quark, but they did it because um, of medical issues, so it's fine. Mm. Um, it's just sad. Yeah. But uh, uh, it is a shame because I, I feel like he had such a personality to the series. Mm. But, oh, well. Um, the series is over 20 years old now so things are going to change sometimes uh i don't have to like it but the games are still good Mm. um it is better than the 2016 movie game so that's that's nice um i'm not super excited for future games though Mm. um i'm a lot more excited for the other insomniac games like spider-man um which is apparently coming out this year. Yeah, supposedly. I wouldn't be surprised if it got delayed. Yeah, but. actually that reminds me. I saw a thing, um, Beyond the Spider-Verse, the third movie. Uh, the animators behind it are saying they don't think it's going to come out next year. Because uh, I guess this, you know, part two, like, just barely through a ton of crunch, got to come out this year. So... You know, and I, it, it sounds like they're not very far along into the animation of the next one, so it might end up being a couple of years till that one comes out. That really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to be sitting on reasons. this cliffhanger for a while, potentially. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of people argue that Across the Spider-Verse isn't half a movie. Uh, yeah. And... Well. I I argue that with okay, what pl- how many plot threads have been wrapped up and how many haven't? Mm. Uh, it's like the spot, no. Um, no. Miguel Miguel O'Hara, no. Mm, like no, no the um, parents in danger, nope. Um, like Gwen Gwen and her dad, you could say yeah. Yeah, um, I mean yeah the. It's kind of a subplot, but yeah. Um, Miles, like, finding himself, I guess you could say that happened, uh, both metaphorically and literally. Yeah. Uh, 
spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess. like most of the movie exists to set up conflicts that will be resolved in the next one. Yeah, yeah, it's like a amazing, great things happen in the movie, but like the the actual plot threads don't get resolved, so it feels even if people want to argue that it it's not half a movie it feels like half a movie so shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah no i mean for what it is it's good you know good characters good animation good music um but the story is incomplete uh and is not yeah you know it it's less akin to like an empire strikes back or an infinity war and more like a matrix reloaded or a the second Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's like, yeah, a lot of, you know, interesting and memorable things happened, but there's still so much unresolved that this isn't really a satisfying ending. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Spider-Man related. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, we... the PS5 controller mm. feels really good to play with. Um, I don't, I don't know how to explain, um, like how a controller feels good in your hands, but it just really does. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm like Um, that with the Xbox controllers. I've always, even the big chunky original one, I still think it's just, you know, good grip, good button layout. Yeah. Like, uh, the... The PS5 controller, like, it has a weight to it that feels really nice. Mm. Um, Like, I find that especially, like, PS2 and PS3 controllers feel really lightweight. Yeah, um, and, like, PS1 controller was, you know, a dog bone. Yeah, I I barely played with with actual PS1 controllers, so... Mm. Um, I mostly played PS1 games on the PS2, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's always been the thing with PlayStation is I I think of their controllers as like the ones that feel like they'll snap if you squeeze them too hard. Yeah, the the PS4 controller was was good, um, and the PS5 is even better. The PS5 is my favorite gaming controller now, mm. um, which I never had a strong opinion before, but I do now. It it just feels really good. Mm. Um, I've heard the controller talks to you. In certain games, um, well, the the PS4 did that too. Like, there's a speak, or do you mean like the controller actually? Well, um, yeah, I mean it has like a speaker, like the Wii Mote, yeah, where yeah, in like certain yeah. games, like sounds will come out of the controller. Yeah, like the the PS4 had that too. Um, like I, the the most memorable one for me is um the shadow of mordor games where when you would read like an elvish word it would say the elvish at the controller instead of the speaker mm. um so I, I i i think it was more like talion's voice that was his name right talion mm, yeah um, yeah probably i i think the thing they were going for is talion's voice is more normal so it comes out the the regular speakers mm. and uh Calibrembor's voice uh comes out the controller like they they come out of different areas mm. um 
I I guess that's what they were going for. But it's yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but it is just kind of like the Wii Mote, where it's kind of a novelty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just feels really good, and it looks cool. Mm. Um. The PS Five does look like Seto Kaiba's chest, but the the PS Five controller looks really cool. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Um, that's all. I'm done. Um, um, I, I, I guess I also did watch Disney. Movies, yeah, I was going to say, should we say. talk about the, cause the only, you know, I wrote down other titles from the Nintendo direct, but it's just that like they're doing a port of Luigi's mansion Two, which was kind of disappointing when I found out that that's, you know, I saw Luigi's mansion. And I got excited. And then it turns out it's a port of the one from yeah. 3ds, which is the weakest of the three by far. Um, and is is Luigi's Mansion available on anything but the original GameCube? They did a port of it for 3DS very late in the 3DS's cycle, so I don't know how many copies of that are around. Huh. But yeah, otherwise it's GameCube and it's 3DS. Yeah, cuz that that's a shame cuz that game is just Like I yeah, I'd be more excited that... about a port of the original yeah. to Switch than Dark Moon, because Dark Moon, it just, it really feels like they tried to make a mobile version of a Luigi's Mansion, so it's, like, broken up into smaller chunks, and there's none of the interesting ghosts. It's just the same bland ghosts that you're catching. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion has, like, one of the best atmospheres in a game ever. Yeah. Yeah, like, 2 doesn't really let you wander around that much because they break it up into so many small chapters, and every time you complete one, it, like, takes you back to the start of the mansion. So is it more just, like, a fight arena type thing where it's like, hey, fight these ghosts and then go fight well, more ghosts? Well, no, it's, you know how in uh, the first Luigi's Mansion there's, like, four chapters to it? Where, like, you reach the end of a chapter and then you go back to the lab and then you go back yeah. to the start of the mansion, and you have that section, but you also have more sections. Um, Luigi's Mansion 2 has, like, four mansions, and each of them is broken up into small chapters that are smaller and shorter. Like, it, it feels like the the idea was, because it's a game for 3DS, which is a portable system, that people are going to be playing on the go, we want to make it so you can play a section in five minutes. And then, you know, save and be done. Um, so it's just broken up into all these, like, very tiny segments. And it, it just doesn't feel like it has that same atmosphere or ability to explore um, that the first one or the third one have. Yeah, I, I, I bought the third one, like, a year and a half ago. <laughs> I still haven't played it. No, I've played it, like, three times, three or four times now. It's one never... of my most played on Switch just because I've played through it so many times. I I like never play the Switch anymore. Mm. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, yeah, I pretty much only play the Switch now cuz my yeah. Xbox is unplugged and I don't have any other modern systems and can't be bothered to hook up the older systems. Yeah, yeah like I I I started playing some other like like PS2, PS3 era uh, Ratchet and Clank games. 
to see if like I was missing something from uh, Rift Apart or if uh, I was just being an angry old man. Mm. And like, no, they have a lot more personality in the older games. Yeah. Uh, I I don't like you. You can argue that I am just being an angry old man holding on to um, the back when they were edgy like, and my, cool. Yeah, but you can't argue that the the newer games don't have a lot less personality than the old ones. Mm. Like that that is that is a hill I will gladly die on. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Let's see. The Nintendo Direct. Uh, they talked about the Scarlet and Violet DLC. Good news: you can get costumes that don't involve wearing a necktie. Bad news is it looks like there's only two new costume you know there's like a kimono costume and there's some other formal wear shit um i still i don't know scarlet and violet was it was fine as a game i didn't like it as much as uh sword and shield and i'm not really interested in going back to it um i i really need to go back to pokemon at some point mm, well you still have um, what like I, 30 or 40 more Disney movies. 50 more Disney movies together. <laughs> it's probably the 50s or 60s. Yeah. Depending how you count them uh, and how many you want to do. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm already up to the 70s. Um, for eras. Like, yeah. timeline-wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess real quick, um, the other things they mentioned. Pikmin 4. Uh, I mean, I... Well, okay, so they're porting Pikmin 1 and 2 to switch so that's cool i have no need to replay maybe pikmin 2 i'll get again but i don't really want to play pikmin 1 again like that game was hard um pikmin 4 it's fine it's more pikmin i never really love pikmin that much i'm a little jealous that pikmin is still getting games when f-zero and Star Fox aren't but whatever um arkham trilogy turns out it's not dead after all it's coming eventually I do want to play it again, but it depends on the download size, because I don't really want to download giant games. Um, same kind of goes for there's a collection of Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3 coming later this year. I was excited for that, and then I found out it's like 30 gigabytes to download, and I don't know if I have that much memory card space left, yeah. or if I want to devote all of that to some games that so I could just plug my Xbox back in and play them. Um, is that the original games or is that a remaster? Because thirty gigs sounds big for um, for the. Yeah, no, I mean it looks like it's the PS One Metal Gear uh, Solid, um, the Sons of Liberty. I think it's. I assume two and three are the like substance and subsistence versions, like the the ones with all the extra features and you know in the case of three. You know, like a better camera mode and stuff. Um, like, I, I assume it's those. Um, and then there's also some bonus features that shouldn't take up that much space. There's like, there, there's a metal, uh, there's a comic version of Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 that they did like a visual, you know, like, uh, wh whatever you call it, when you take like a comic book but you, like, animate the panels a little bit and put, like, some voice acting in there. Uh, there's... Motion comic? Yeah, yeah, there's motion comics of those two comic books uh, in there. 
and then like you know the MSX original 2D Metal Gear 1 and 2 I don't know why all of that's 30 gigs though yeah cause I was gonna say if it was just two PS1 games and a PS2 game um it should not be 30 gigs well it's two PS2 games and a PS1 game cause Metal Gear Solid 2 yeah. was PS2 I think was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it came out oh. on Xbox Original, which was the same era as PS2. Do you know what year? I want to say 2001. That would have been the first year of PS2. Y- yeah, I mean, it was pretty early I guess. in it. Um, let me hmm. look this up real quick, and then we can get on to Disney. Um, Metal Gear Solid 2 originally is November 13th, 2001, um, and published by Konami for the PlayStation 2. Um, An expanded edition titled Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance was released for Xbox and Windows and PS2. Um, And then there's the HD one in the HD collection, but yeah, it was a PS2 game. Okay, I was thought it was a PS1 game, but I've never... No, I mean, it has noticeably improved graphics over the PS1 version. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I I only ever played them um, in collections, like, ten years later, so... Yeah, no, the the PS2 Um, one, they upgraded the graphics, and then they made Twin Snakes on GameCube, which was the graphics and control style of 2, but of the first game for PS1. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I I understand more about Metal Gear now, which is not a thing that many people can say. Yeah. So anyway, uh so you saw you've been barreling through these Disney movies to make up for lost time. Yeah. I I feel kind of bad because I called it a watch along and then I I've, I've been leaving people behind. Well, I mean, uh, I've watched like six seasons of Clone Wars in three weeks, so <laughs> I I get your point. Yeah. Um, let's see what what which ones did I watch recently? Um, <laughs> um, do you want to go forwards or backwards? Uh, let's let's go backwards. Um, Aristocats. Yeah, Aristocats was yesterday. It it's it's not terrible. It it's just kind of plain um and the animation is unfinished mm. uh like jay give me a minute i'll be right back okay. sorry the dog's stomach was really upset so i had to put her outside okay yeah i'm loading up the list of disney animation movies so that i can reference that yeah i've, I've got my list on here too that i can okay uh i can look at yeah, I mean, Aristocats. It, it's it's fun enough, um, but there's there's not much to it, um, and the animation is like literally unfinished. Mm. Um, yeah, it's the low like, budget, uh, especially era. especially when the the old woman um, is on screen. Like you could see, like they didn't even erase um, all the the. The, the pencil sketch references uh, mm. so her face j- looks completely messy all the time um, and even even on the the cats themselves uh, like you can you can see all the pencil lines that shouldn't be there anymore mm. 
Like it, it, it's it's just a really messy uh, movie. Um, and the the part with the Siamese cat is just <laughs> uh, so over the top mm. r- racist. Yep. It, it's it, it's it's like the the Siamese uh, cat song from Lady and the Tramp mm. on steroids. Like it's it's insane. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember because it's been so long since I've seen Lady and the Tramp. Is the We Are Siamese, if you please, from Aristocats, or is that the Lady and the Tramp one? That's Lady and the Tramp. Oh, okay, then I don't remember um, the Aristocats one at all. Because I only yeah, remember the, Aristocats, the, yeah, the We Are Siamese song. The Aristocats one um, is, like, the, the Siamese cat is just one of, like, four or five cats mm. playing uh, in, a, in a band. Okay. Um, like there's, there's like a, a scat cat played by Scatman Crothers, mm. um, who sing, who sings the, uh, everybody wants to be a cat, yeah. uh, song. And then during that song, there's like three or four other cats. There's one that looks kind of like John Lennon. Um, and there's the Siamese one who plays the drums, um, and it it he looks and sounds just like a a very over the top um like almost like world war 2 japanese uh anti-japanese propaganda poster yeah i yeah you know, i'm like, looking at it now yeah like the the massive overbite yeah um he he t- <laughs> he talks like uh fortune cookie chop suey like it's it's really bad Yeah, he's playing a keyboard with chops like two sets of chopsticks it's really bad yeah although also uh i'm so i googled aristocats siamese cat and the image results the first one and the fourth one and on the sidebar is all the siamese cat song from lady and the tramp and then in between, it shows the <laughs> the actual one from Aristocats, the thing that I searched. So I guess well, a lot I, of people only remember the Lady and the Tramp song. Yeah, I mean it is it is interesting that they have two animal movies, um, hmm. two very similar anim- animal movies, by the way. One was like, oh, there's the the female cat from a rich family that uh, gets lost outside. And has to find their way back, and they meet a a male, uh, like wild uh, animal that they fall in love with. Mm. Um, that gets adopted by the rich family at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. That it's just weird that they have two racist Siamese cat um, jokes in those two very similar movies. Mm. That. Well, the only difference is that Lady and the Tramp looks beautiful, and uh, Aristocats looks looks like crap. Mm. Uh, and yeah, like if you want to wonder why Aristocats doesn't have the same, uh, you know, what would you say, cultural impact as Lady and the Tramp, that's probably why because it looks like shit. Mm. Um. Yep, it has not gotten a Disney live-action remake like Lady and the Tramp did. No. Even though it probably should, mm. because why wouldn't you remake bad movies? Mm. 
Well, I mean, Aristocats isn't a bad movie, necessarily. It's just not up to the Disney standard. Yeah. Um, I mostly remember the songs. Or that one song that everybody wants to be a yeah, cat. Yeah, the, the one song. Like, it, it's a it's a pretty good musical sequence. It's just uh, right, right smack dab in the middle. It's just, mm. like, uh, super... <laughs> Like super racism. Yeah. Uh, uh, and before that is Jungle Book. Uh, yep. Which is 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 pretty good. Um, the the songs are really fun. Um, it it's kind of similar to Aristocats, where like it it looks it looks good, but it doesn't look great. I, I find. Um, I actually really like Shere Khan as a villain. Like he was menacing, um, without being overly dramatic, mm. which is it's kind of like the opposite of uh, Maleficent, where she was menacing and dramatic. Um, Shere Khan is just like I'm gonna kill this kid, um, and then he he just goes and almost does it. Yeah. Until he gets beat up by a bear and some vultures. Yeah, well, yeah, because he was, you know, certain that it wouldn't be a problem. You just casually yeah. find the kid and then murder him. Yeah. Then the, the voice of Winnie the Pooh is in all these movies. Mm. And it's very distracting because, like, he's he's got the one voice. And, uh, boy, he sure does do it in every single one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and you are two movies away from the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yep, I've got just Robin Hood, which is basically just Jungle Book again. Yep. It's the animation <laughs> from Jungle Book, animation. except a fox that was the sexual awakening for many furries. Which I still don't get. <laughs> like, I'm well, looking at the characters. Maybe when you watch the right movie, now. you'll discover. We'll see you awaken to... <laughs> Dan Avidan's uh, favorite character. Because, <laughs> like, I, I've seen the movie when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember liking it, but I don't remember. Um, Getting very I don't remember being horny for it. When you see a fox tied up in ropes. Uh, <laughs> no, generally not. Mm-hmm. Um. But whatever. Or a fox and a girl version of the same fox, and they have, you know, fairly similar faces, but one of them's got eyelashes, so I guess that's the, the girl one. Yeah. Are you weird, beautiful, furry people? Mm. And your your weird kinks? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anything uh, else on Jungle Anyway. Um, I really like King Louis' song, mm. but uh, yeah, that's about it. Mm. Uh, I like Jungle Book. I it's the kind of movie where, like, oh yeah, I liked it. I'm probably never gonna watch it again, but I liked it. Mm. Um, uh, Sword in the Stone yep. is just kind of boring. Mm. Um, like the 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 parts where Merlin turns him and Arthur into animals is fun. Mm. Um, and the part where he has a magical duel with uh, Madame Mim is pretty fun. And, and that's the, like the, the only memorable just... things from the movie. Yeah, the rest is just really, really boring. 
Um, and at the end, Arthur doesn't do anything. Mm. Um, and then he just happens to pull the sword from the stone, and I guess he's king now. Is there, aside from Merlin and Arthur, is there anyone else, you know, Lancelot or, you know, any of the other there's Arthurian characters? There's Sir Kay, who, um, is like, he, he he's Sir Kay's squire. Mm. Um, and, like, Sir Kay's in a tournament, like, to determine who the next king of England is, and then, um, Arthur's like, Oh, I forgot your sword at the end. Let me go find one. And then he pulls one. Uh, he pulls the sword from the stone. <laughs> then Sir Kay's like, what the fuck did you do? Mm. <laughs> um, and then it's like, oh, he's king now. And uh, Merlin comes back from Bermuda. Mm. <laughs> well, we don't have a brave <laughs> Sir Robin or Sir Galahad the Chaste. Or, uh, no, there's the really Black not Knight that many characters. And in all the- of his limbs getting cut off one by one. No, there's no killer rabbit. No, no holy um, hand grenade of Antioch. No, <laughs> just the phrase "holy hand grenade of Antioch" is hilarious to me. Yeah. Uh, it always will be. Uh, no. no, that's that's about the extent of the Arthurian legend. Um, yeah, I think I know the Monty Python Arthurian legend better than I know the actual Arthurian legend. You know, aside from, like, the they're... characters who pop up in the Justice League version whenever they're doing, uh, <laughs> you know, Etrigan's backstory. And Morgan Le Fay Mordred, shows up. Morgan, that little yeah. shit. Yeah, I was, I was honestly surprised they didn't have Morgan Le Fay. Um, but I guess that's kind of a later thing. Yeah, um, yeah it's... They can't mess with the Arthur lore. Arthur Origins. We have to wait for the sequel. Yeah. The, uh, like... 60 years delayed sequel yeah <laughs> well i mean they made lady and the tramp too yeah <laughs> so. yeah i guess if it was gonna come out it would have been during the straight to dvd era yeah um uh yeah that's about all i have to say like the magical duel is the most memorable thing mm. um so even that, like it, it's it's good, it's fun, but it's not uh, like top tier classic Disney stuff. Ninety nine um, and two Dalmatians. Yeah, uh, I I love one hundred and one Dalmatians. It was really fun. Mm. Like it, it, it felt like the the pencil sketch style actually fit with the like the the jazz aesthetic. Yeah, like they actually um, finished it enough. Yeah. Yeah, like the animation is really smooth um, on the dogs. Uh, you know, no one dog, like no one puppy, gets a, a whole lot of personality. Mm. Um, Not until the '90s cartoon. Yeah, um, but all the all the side characters get a lot of personality, actually. Um, like the, it's like the there's a dog general and like a sergeant cat. And like a, uh, I forget what rank the horse had, mm. but like they they help the the Dalmatians escape, um, and they're really entertaining. Like there, there's even some random dog who like spreads the message. Uh, what, what do they call it? The midnight bark or something. Mm. Um, 
where like like every dog is relaying the message to every other dog uh that a bunch of uh dalmatian puppies have been stolen mm. um, yeah now i'm just thinking about horace and jasper and remembering how the live action version had um hugh laurie as yeah it was hugh yeah, laurie he's one of the henchmen here's a Here's a here's a fun Brent history fact. That's the first movie I ever remember seeing in theaters. Mm. Uh, because it came out in like 1996, yeah. so I would have been like four years old. Yeah. Um, I I remember seeing that in theaters with my aunt, mm. um, and we actually had a Dalmatian when I was a kid, mm. but we ended up having to give her away because she always uh, she would like hop the fence. Oh. Um, because Dalmatians are crazy athletic mm. um, and and like tall and spindly, yeah, um, and and energetic. <laughs> like you, you can't. Dalm- a Dalmatian's a type of dog that you have to like keep active. Mm. Um, yeah, that was sad when we had to give her away, but it was for her own good. Yeah, um, somewhere with this bigger has- space to run. Yeah, this has been a Brent history uh, fact. Brent origins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, before that is Sleeping Beauty, which mm-hmm. is... Maleficent and some other stuff. Yeah. it is. I think it is the best Disney princess movie, um, classic Disney princess movie. Mm. Yeah, pre-Renaissance. Um, just, yeah, like j- just because it doesn't spend half the movie um, wasting time on mice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not even really about Aurora that much. It's like Maleficent and the yeah. three sisters trying to look after this princess. Yeah, like at least like Snow White is at least Snow Snow White is about Snow White. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and like, well, even if it does yeah, focus more on doors. Yeah, Cinderella is about Cinderella and also the mice, I guess. Yeah, like I, like with Cinderella, I think the mice get more screen time. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. I um, haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, it, it it's so I guess. Sleeping Beauty kind of takes hmm. that Cinderella style of like let's focus on the characters who are looking after the princess instead of uh, yeah. focusing on the princess. The the three fairies are a lot better than um, the mice. Mm. <laughs> I gotta say, like even though like I enjoyed Cinderella um, and and the mice, but like I, I the three fairies are better. I, I like their their stupid bickering um, and them changing the color of the dress mm. uh, every five seconds. Um, but yeah, Aurora might be the least interesting <laughs> princess out of the three, which is saying a lot because uh, yeah, holy her, her whole thing is that she fell asleep and had to yeah. be woken up. Like she she goes out one day on her sixteenth birthday. Uh, and she's like just singing with animals in a forest, and then a, a dude comes and and uh, she's like, 
damn. Um, and then she falls asleep, and he saves her. Yeah. And Hope now she's married. Well that he just happened to be there, even though they destroyed every spinning wheel in the world to stop that from happening. Yeah. Well, she... The Maleficent, like, mind-controlled her and made her do it, which feels like a, a breach of contract, but okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she promised it would happen and had to make it happen. Yeah. But Maleficent is really cool. I wish she was in Dragon Form for more than two minutes. Mm. Um, is she cool enough she to have really two live-action movies where she's the hero? That's stupid. Don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she has two? Yeah, the, there's, two yeah there's Maleficent and Maleficent Mistress of Evil. In which she is I still didn't know not there was evil. two of them. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, they, they, were, they did a second one. First one made I enough money. I did not money. know that. Is Angelina Jolie in both of yep. them? <laughs> yep, same, same character. They're just continuing <laughs> the origin story of how Maleficent was actually like screwed over by the king. Um, and she was the good one all along and also she becomes friends with young aurora and doesn't curse her well that just doesn't fit in with the timeline of the original movie at all no it's 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 a new it's like a multiverse it's a new parallel dimension where uh shut the fuck yeah. shut the fuck up <laughs> shut if, the fuck up. what if maleficent <laughs> was a good person marvel's what if maleficent you know what i think about that mm. I don't know if you could hear that, but I farted. No, I couldn't hear it. Maybe on uh, editing I'll hear it. I I riffed the fart. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, uh, Lady in the Tramp Stamp. Um, I really like the animation. Mm. That's it. That's the whole. Mm. That's the whole amount of things I have to say about the it. Part where they eat spaghetti. The the. I mean, I guess, yeah, because I remember the cats, because I thought that was from Aristocats, but no, it was from this one. Yeah. It's like, I remember the cats and their song about being Siamese, and I remember the spaghetti kiss, because that's a moment that they put in, like, every montage of classic Disney scenes ever. Yeah. Like, it, it's weird that that was so popular to me. Mm. Like I, I was watching it. And I was like, "This is the classic movie." But I mean, I guess when there's like eight animated movies ever made at the time, then, um, that yeah, that might be really special. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't have much to say about Lady and the Tramp either. Um, was Peter Pan doing this since last episode, or was that... Um, I don't remember if we talked about it or not. Mm. It, uh, I, I didn't like it, mm. <laughs> to be honest. Which is weird, because it's one of the ones I watched a lot as a kid. But, like, I... Like, Smee and Captain Hook were fun, but everything else is just... It's like, oh, there, there's kids... And they're talking, and that's annoying. Mm. Uh, and oh, they go to the they're having racist the Native American tribe. Like, oh, why is the red man red? It's because uh, 
there was one guy a million years ago, and uh, he he really liked a girl, and he blushed, and that's why. And that's why all that's Native why Americans red. are cartoonishly red. That's why they're yeah beat fucking red. Yep. They're just um, like perpetually sunburned. Yep. How? Yep. You know how? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it came out in the era of, like, cowboy westerns and those kind of stereotypes being everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at, like, Looney Tunes of the era and they're not any better at all. Yeah. So, it's... (laughs) Yeah, it's not great. Um... America did a genocide. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, uh, let's see. Was Alice last? Time? We talked about okay, Alice. Yeah, because we definitely yeah. Adventures of by Mr. Toad, Cinderella, Alice. So yeah, yeah. So Peter Pan was probably the first one since last episode. Uh. So yeah. So next up, you've got Robin Hood, which we've talked about. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, which is just uh, an adorable classic um yeah i think i have watched that one fairly recently we, we talked about it or something and then i watched it you know out of curiosity because i didn't realize like as a kid i had like the many adventures of winnie the pooh is three short move like films you know like i don't know, 20 minute episode things that they, that they did i had all three of those on separate vhs's so i didn't really watch the compiled version as much but you know it all kind of came flooding back as watching that version because yeah the many adventures is just those three separate adventures they did with a little bit of extra bridging animation that they added in to turn it all into one feature length uh thing yeah um the rescuers i yeah I, the it's really it's weird how close it's weird how close we are to the Renaissance. Mm. Like I feel like there should be a, a million more movies in between. Mm. Um, well, I mean, now and then, you know, they they weren't making them once a year until yeah. like the eighties. Yeah, because it's like I just ra- watched the Aristocats, which is in nineteen seventy. Yeah, and there's what seven more movies between. Uh, between me and Little Mermaid. Yeah, and like what I hadn't um, real because I was looking up like why is this specific era called the Renaissance, and you know because I was looking at the calendar like wait a minute so we got Black Cauldron nineteen eighty five Mouse Detective eighty six uh, Brave Little Toaster I guess was technically Disney even though it's kind of not um, but you know Oliver and Company eighty eight Little Mermaid eighty nine you know it, it's like they're making a movie a year since like the mid 80s uh so why is this era the renaissance and apparently it, you know i guess it was like after or around black cauldron is when don bluth split off and started doing his own movies and became like a major competitor for disney and little mermaid was the first one where disney actually made more money than the bluth movie that came out at the same time and that became a trend of disney becoming more profitable um, and, you know, Bluth kind of falling apart. Yeah. It was magic for a while, and then, 
it was not sustainable. Yeah, like Mouse Detective, I think this it was like the point where it's it didn't make as much as the Bluth movie, but it was it still made enough that it's like, well, we're not dead in the water. We we, we can still come back from uh, you know the I guess pit that Disney had gotten into by that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i honestly surprised that Oliver and Company came, like, between The Great Mouse Detective and The Little Mermaid. Mm. Um, because that's one of the ones that nobody ever remembers, unless you were a kid and you had it. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember it, but, yeah, that one was, you know, uh, a little more, like, trying to be hip and modern than, uh... Yeah. Like, like the renaissance era ones tended to balance um well e- even i get it was more like the late renaissance ones when they started trying to be hip again because like the early renaissance ones they're just you know trying like uh, i guess i guess they're like they're more modern than the old fairy tale ones but they are still focused on being the fairy tale and not being you know like, like oliver and company is yeah. oliver twist but what if they were singing and dancing cats and dogs in what, modern New York what City? What if there was a Billy Joel dog? Yeah, what if they were in like modern New York City <laughs> dancing on cars, but it's the story of Oliver Twist? Yeah. Which I guess isn't that far off from like Lion like Lion King is Hamlet, but what if they were all jungle animals? Yeah. Um Like that one that one's not even a fairy any, tale. Well, it's just you know, reinterpreted Shakespeare. Yeah, and I mean, Robin Hood is like, what if Robin Hood was a sexy fox man? Yeah. I, I mean, a fox man. Yeah. No, you, you have to watch it before you can make that evaluation of uh, yeah. whether you joined the Hort over it. Yeah, I, I. I'm not judging people, I just don't get mm. it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, just seven shitty movies, and then I get to watch The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Mm. I, I haven't actually seen most of these movies. Yeah. Like, I've seen Robin Hood, like, 20-something years ago. I've seen Winnie the Pooh, and I've seen Oliver and Company, but uh, the rest yeah, the mystery. Like, the Rescuers, I, I've, I've only seen it once or twice, and my lasting impression of it is... There's a part where they, like, hide a diamond inside of a stuffed animal, and then the bad guys rip the animal's head off, and I've spoken about how I feel about plushy abuse in movies, so... um, Yeah, you'd rather see a kid get their head cut off. (laughs) You make a kid swallow that diamond, and you cut them open and take it out. But don't, you know, rip that plush rabbit up. That's terrible. Doesn't, Doesn't that happen in a movie where, like, a kid swallows a gem and, like somebody wants to cut it out of them uh, yeah i feel god was that in like goonies or something or i i know what you're talking it, about but i don't remember what it's from it does sound familiar i i don't i mean that might have happened in goonies but i don't think that's the one i'm thinking of yeah, um yeah. i okay google i i, I think it's like so some kind of old movie in like an older setting because I feel like somebody wanted to just like 
got them with a sword to get it. Mm. But I might be wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm Googling, but I don't even know what to search to try to uh, find that. Um, but anyway, let's see. And I know we're over time, but whatever. Um, yeah, like Fox and the Hound, I barely remember it. Apparently it's sad. Uh, Black Cauldron has some cool stuff about it, but it's kind of boring, and I didn't actually... You know, I wanted to see it, but I didn't really see it until I was an adult. Um, Great Mouse Detective's a lot of fun. Uh, I'll stand up for that one. Like that That's one that I put in my list of top ones. Yeah, I... I wanna I wanna see that one. That one interests me, mm. um, mostly because you said you really liked it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Robin Hood, I I know what I'm gonna get. Winnie the Pooh, I know what I'm gonna get. Um, the Rescuers movies I've never seen. Fox and the Hound I've never seen. Black Cauldron I've never seen. And I mean, everything after The Great Mouse Detective I'm very familiar with, except Rescuers Down Under. Mm. Yeah, and like that one, I definitely had it on VHS. I don't remember it that well, but I know it's like regarded as kind of the lost classic of the Renaissance era. Yeah, I mean, like it came out after The Little Mermaid. Yeah, but yeah, before I guess Beauty because and the Beast. it was a sequel, it it's not remembered as much, but it was still yeah. of that same level of quality. Yeah, I mean, I I guess when every other Disney sequels. Uh, direct video shit show uh, well they're not all bad but you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they're they're cheaply made um it it kind of stands out it's 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 so weird to me how they they went from mulan to dinosaur in two years mm. <laughs> yeah i mean was dinosaur the actually like disney animation or was it like an outside group that they had uh it's on this list of like disney animation studios Mm. yeah because it's not even you know they weren't like full into um 3d animation yet at that point no I, I, i think it was like some kind of experimental thing and then they just added the dumbass voices to it like relatively late Man, I want to watch the Emperor's, Emperor's New Groove. Hmm. Yeah. I don't want to watch Chicken Little. <laughs> yeah. Well, you committed to this. I'm, yeah, I'm. Like the the time between, uh, like, what, whatever comes after Lilo and Stitch, and like I guess until. What tangled princess and the frog? Maybe mm. like it, that's gonna suck. That's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be a slog. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when you watch Bolt, I should probably watch it again because I feel like that movie. I remember it being good, but everybody dunks on it all the time, and I don't know if that's just on concept or if uh, maybe it's not as good as I remember. Yeah, I mean, it could very well just be, like, oh, the the Miley Cyrus dog movie. Mm. 
Even though I don't like, she's not the dog, right? Oh well, yeah, no, she she is. You know, it's uh, John Travolta is playing the dog. Yeah, uh, she is the kid who owns the dog, but she's not. You know, he's trying to get back to her because he gets out of the studio where he's uh, an actor who doesn't realize he's an actor. He think he he thinks he has superpowers because he's been gaslit into thinking he has superpowers, and then he ends up getting lost and having to find his way home, and also coming to terms with him not being actually super powered yeah it's weird i I already don't like it so Hmm. (laughs) i've already judged this movie before i've even seen it so there yeah well we'll see if the charm of a nerdy hamster who lives in a, a hamster ball is enough to sway you over to liking the movie. It might be. I've yeah. There's, there's like there's a hamster and he's in a hamster ball and he is like the biggest nerd for this superhero dog who is seen on TV. The, who voices the hamster? I don't remember. I want to say it's just like a guy who worked on the movie did uh. such a good job that they're like, yeah, you you can have the role. Uh, let me look this up. I've been browsing uh, TV tropes, live action films would hurt a kid to see if I can find the <laughs> movie where uh, someone threatens to cut a kid open. Bolt, hamster, voice... Okay, Rhino the Hamster is voiced by someone named Mark Walton, who I think, if I remember right, is just... Let's see. Yeah, American voice actor and storyboard artist... Uh, known for voicing Rhino the Hamster from Bolt. So yeah, he, he was the guy who did storyboard as, and he was just so enthusiastic during the storyboard that they're like, yeah, we'll just have you do the voice of this character. Makes sense. I hope he's good. Mm. Um. And then we get a g- bunch of good movies and also Big Hero 6. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then Wreck-It it Ralph really 2. <laughs> yeah. And then Frozen 2. Mm. And then Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm, yeah. That one was almost good. I guess some of it was good. Oh. I don't know. Well, let me send it an almost um, award for being almost good. Mm. I'm just being mean now. Yeah. Oh no, I'm turning into Doug Walker. <laughs> oh no. Well, time to start making some, you know, high mid budget. Uh, dunks on your favorite things yeah (laughs) let me me make a 40 minute review of Keijo where where I I get in a bikini and I slam my butt against other people Mm. that'll show them Yeah, uh, I don't think I can find what this movie is, so maybe, uh, maybe one of the three people who listen to this show will 
be familiar with this uh, thing that we both vaguely remember seeing. Yeah. It's fine. It, I'm sure it's just a Mandela thing where we're from a different universe or some shit. Mm. Yeah, or it's just like a trope and it actually shows up in a bunch of things. Yeah, that could also be it. Or it like happened to a dog and we just assumed it happened to a kid. Because mm. um, you hate children and think they should die. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Don't give me that shit. Commit. <laughs> oh, anyway, I think we're done here. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless I have enough editing to do. We're at two and a half hours. Um, yeah. Okay. Is that the joke we want to end on, or do we need a better one? Um, Speed Racer sucks. <laughs> uh, but I thought you liked it. I did. I really liked it. I might watch it again. Mm. I mean, probably not today because I have shit to do. But yeah, like at some point, I'll watch it again. Yeah. Do you have a joke you want to end on? Uh, not really. I did realize I forgot to mention. I found a a Spider-Man manga called Spider-Man Fake Red today i read through the whole thing at lunch um it was it was pretty good it's uh this kid named you who finds spider-man's suit in a trash can in an alleyway and puts it on and then ends up having to do spider-man stuff but he doesn't have superpowers and also it turns out the reason it was well, it's in there because Spider-Man was in one of his moods, but then he ended up uh, getting infected with the Venom symbiote, and he's, like, struggling to, you know, keep himself while being turned into Venom. Uh, and then the twist it turns out that he got the Venom symbiote because Mysterio stole it from a lab and stuck it on him as a way to try to tear down a, you know, good and noble hero because Mysterio is grumpy that uh, he was just a stunt man and never the star. Um, so then they have a big fight. You know, Spider-Man and this uh, guy wearing a Spider-Man suit have a fight with Mysterio and his illusion versions of the Sinister Six. That sounds strange, but compelling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of it is dealing with this kid who is like... You know, he has to like rescue a kid from a burning building, but he doesn't actually have superpowers. But everyone's counting on him because he's wearing the costume and he's got like the weight of the responsibility, but not the powers to actually back it up. So there's like that struggle, and also a thing with the, there's like a girl in school who's got a crush on, and then uh, she figures out like she's you know, figures out that he's the one who rescued her from a thing, and then sees the costume in his bag. Um, and, yeah, like, it, it starts feeling like it's gonna build up to a romance, but then there's a twist where it turns, like, she goes to confess her feelings, but actually, you know, because, she, like, one, she thinks he's Spider-Man, but also she's confessing that she has feelings for another girl, and he, thankfully, actually takes that well, and he's like, oh, she just wants to be friends, but that's good, because I like her, and I want to be friends, and it, you know, it, they don't play into that stupid trope of like oh no i've been rejected because it turns out she's a lesbian 
Um, and then he he forcefully kisses her, and he turns her straight. Yeah, no, they don't do that. They're just friends, and that's fine. Um, and and yeah, um, so yeah, it was pretty good. Um, it's one fairly thick volume that ends by saying it's the end of phase one but then in the like biography at the end uh, it says that this came out in japan it was published between 2019 and 2020 uh in 2022 osawa turned his attention to creating a manga adaptation of the star wars series the mandalorian so he's doing a mandalorian hmm. manga now instead of more spider-man Oh, that's cool, too. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interested if that ever gets translated to English. See, if it was Peter Parker, then he'd have two girls at school that like him, and he wouldn't be able to choose. And then Mm. he would eventually choose neither, because responsibility. Yeah, no, the Peter Parker in this, I mean, when we see him, he's being turned into Venom, but we get, like, a chapter where they flash back to how he got in this position, and it was like... Mary Jane had a part in a big play, and he didn't make it in time, and then he was sad and felt like his, you know, powers are a burden, and threw his costume away, and then ended up getting infected with Venom. So it's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Except with the Venom part from Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Okay. And then Mysterio. Mysterio, who I described as Hideo Kojima's Mysterio, because Mm. he's in a trench coat, and it's like a the fishbowl dome, but then like the base of it kind of has this like skull teeth look. Yeah, um, I, so. I saw it when you when you posted it. Yeah, um, I, I I bet if if Hideo Kojima actually designed it, um, he would name it like Skull Illusion Man. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mystery skull. <laughs> Mystery skull. <laughs> Just very on the nose. Yeah. Um, yeah. He uh, looks like a Power Rangers villain in a trench coat. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, enough about Spider Man turning red. Yeah. Now, next time you'll have more Disney movies, and I don't know what I'm going to have for topics, because I think the only movie coming out soon is Indiana Jones 5, and it looks bad. I'm going to play Returnal, Mm. and see what's up with that, because I don't actually know much about it. Yep. See how much returning you do in it. I'm gonna do so much returning all, mm. or returnaling. I'm sorry. Yeah, get that grammar right. Yeah, bitch, you you get that grammar. Oh, mm. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, enough about Fraser. Um, get it, cause Kelsey Grammar. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, we're wrapping up. Bye. Bye.
Oh wait, we're done? We're actually done? No. Yeah, I am. I am doing that thing he said. Um... That's the worst way to end <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna have any context for why I'm laughing. <laughs>